Hello, welcome back to the Truck and Driver podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin. I'm joined tonight by Chris Madison, live from a lettuce farm deep in Shropshire. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, tell you what, have you seen the thing in the news about the shortage of uh, tomatoes and cucumbers and all this, which yep. are being um, rationed, and it's supposedly due to bad weather, but other people are blaming it on Brexit, apparently. Well, um, yeah, there will be, won't there? Well, oh, wait, it's Brexit, oh, it's Brexit. It's not, it's not Brexit, it's gas prices. It's, it's gas at £4 a therm, and a lot of our customers in Essex, all the little down the lanes, tucked away types, with half an acre of glass, didn't plant in winter simply they just didn't plant to get for gas during lockdown they were paying about 18 pence a therm for gas and now they're paying nearly three and a half four pound a therm so it's just not happening so they didn't plant hence there's no winter salad crops so because i I did wonder about that because it said it was due to uh, adverse weather conditions in like spain where they were growing all these but i was like wait a minute aren't tomatoes growing in greenhouses all over the place in this country and in like holland massively as well yeah so it comes into energy it comes into energy costs then because of the price of gas up so much you can't grow vegetables any of them that are on fire uh you know they planted in winter biomass you know wood chip boilers that kind of thing they managed to keep them plant anybody that's on gas small scale they didn't bother they just thought well you know quite a lot of these farms in Essex and that are second and third generation Italians and they've been at it for years they've been at it 50 or 60 years since they got over here and they've got to a point now where labour isn't available they use a lot of Romanian and um, East European labour now Everywhere you look is an Amazon depot, and Amazon are paying 12 or 13 quid an hour to go and be warm in there. And uh, a lot of their staff that came back every year have come back and gone to Amazon. So a lot of our smaller customers that we supply didn't have any labour, and they're all getting on in years, and they thought, well, sod it. And, you know, the gas price has just compounded that. So it's a labour shortage, it's energy costs, and it's terrible returns from supermarkets. Mm. You cannot be paying £4 a firm to eat five acre of glass. Plant in November and um, expect then to just smile sweetly as uh, Sainsbury's et al. want to give you about 18 pence for a cucumber. It's not happening. So it's not happened. No. Your I mean, bigger ones not- have planted late. You know, we do... Well, Stuart, obviously, not we. I'm, uh, I'm just a subby, but Stuart's customers supply seedlings to grow on to some quite big growers. And they, a few of them, didn't plant in winter either. They've just planted it in the last couple of weeks now. So there will be tomatoes and cucumbers are plenty by Easter. But until then, it's tough, really, because once again, Joe Public thinks food's free. Two holidays a year Aye, well, and a couple of BMWs on drive. Marvellous. But food, oh, we don't want to be paying for that. So, you know. Yeah, well, the supermarkets have got a lot to answer for as well with the way that they've ratcheted down the prices on mm. farmers, whether it's for milk or whether it's for vegetables and growers and things. Aye. It's interesting that because if you're talking about climate change and the environment, what's never considered as food miles, because mm. it's incredible the amount of mileage Christ that I. food does coming around, coming around the world when yeah. you're getting your avocados exactly. you know, shipped the whole way around the world and all these different things that aren't in, in season that you get. And surely, surely, 
it would make good sense to grow these things in the UK, but of course it has oh, to be vi- it has to be it has to be viable for everybody to yeah and to do so. The biggest, shoutiest, noisiest in your face minority, the vegans, all that crew. Where does uh, all well, their, you know, you know, where does all their snap come from? It comes from uh, rainforests mostly, soya plantations in South America, palm oil, exactly, mm-hmm. and you know bloody avocados, like you said. Sustainable food is. You know, it's food grown within sort of 30 miles of where it's consumed. Oh, what could that be? Oh, grass-fed lamb, perhaps. Mm. Grass-fed beef. Oh, well, you know, aye, well. That, that's not what the agenda is. You no, will be eating the not. bug. Eat the bugs. Uh, have you have you watched any of Clarkson's Farm, the new series that's come on? Um, I've watched first one because I'm, yeah. I'm a bit slow on the uptake. But, yeah, I've just started series two. Yeah, me too. I started it on Sunday as well. I watched the first couple of... Um, and they got into one... You've probably seen the fallout. He was talking about um, badgers having TB and affecting cattle and things. Mm. And they were just talk. They were just talking about it and he was talking about all the different things about how you can't shoot them or anything like oh, that. You no. can't do anything to them. And no. there's a massive kick-off from these people on Twitter and everyone yeah. flipping out about it saying he's completely out of order. And the only thing I can think is they haven't mm. actually watched it they yeah. just heard yeah, exactly. clerks and badgers and, you know, well, this is the internet. he's gone out and attacked them or it, hammer. It, yeah, this is the internet for you, though, isn't it? You know, these people can sit in the bungalows and sit in their little suburban hovels and they can write acres and acres of vitriolic nonsense and throw it wherever they want because there's no comeback. You could stand next to these buggers in the post office and they would never speak a word to you. You know, you could be dressed from head to toe in tweed and have a shotgun in a, a shoulder cover and they'd never say a word to you. As soon as you're gone, obviously they'd be tweeted, <gasps> bloodthirsty bastard in post office, shocker. But this is how it is. Internet enables these people to be cocks, where, when we were growing up, the only way that these Karens, and um, shall we call them Grahams or Dennis's perhaps, could do this and invent their shit, was to write to Terry Wogan on points of view, wasn't it, with a vitriolic psychotic style handwriting that suggests they're really, really cross about the uh, suggestive dancers on top of the pops. Ooh. Mm. I, 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 always, I always liked the name Tarquins mm. from the mo- from the modern parents, although to be fair, the modern parents and Viz Tarquin was the son I... who was always really hacked off yeah. with Cressida and Malcolm mm. were his parents. was <laughs> 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 like, mm. like that one, yeah, yeah. Tarquin was, was a classic, classic one up. I mean, these people are losing their mind. There's so much weird stuff going on. I logged into Twitter this morning, and there was a guy who'd climbed up a tree to save it from being cut down. And I thought, oh god, here we go. But I actually, but to be fair, the guy was actually totally right to do it because yeah, yeah. there was this light. There was this line of 100 year old trees in Wellingborough, and the council had just given permission to developers. Uh, sort of given them permission to go and do some work and they've just started cutting the trees down which mm. they shouldn't have been doing they should, there was supposed to be more studies done yeah. and they had absolutely no right to do this so basically yeah. the police turned up and the um, developer firm used the, were using the police as a private security firm yeah. who, weren't, who were basically interested in prosecuting the people who were protesting against it and fair play to the guy for going up the tree and being up there until he got hypothermia. Because you're like, I thought all these councils were obsessed with the environment and everything like that. But as soon as some sort of money comes along, as soon as a big developer comes along, then it's okay, we'll just cut down all these trees. And you're like, what the 
How yeah, well, is the world coming to Sheffield? Is well, shouldn't, you, shouldn't we be keeping the trees and planting yeah, more exactly. and like like doing some rewilding things where you've got like uh, meadows to bring back bees and things, which is a thing on Clarkson's farm. Surely all these things are like good mm -hmm. for the environment. It seems like a lot of this environmentalist stuff isn't really about the environment. It's not. At all. It's not at all. It's about power. <laughs> it's about brainwashing you mm. to do as you're told. Sheffield just launched its. Uh, really ill thought out low emission zone and there's now was it like an action group somebody added me to i mean i'm not overly bothered so i don't go into sheffield but i'm reading you know i'm sort of keeping abreast of what's going on because it's it's 20 miles down the road so you know i'm just keeping a bdi on it there would seem to be some talk of sheffield pushing for this uh, 15 minute city nonsense like canterbury have, have mentioned doing now that is full weight Orwellian lunacy that uh, that is properly frightening. Do you, do you want to, well, a lot of people won't know what this 15 minute city stuff is because no. it's Oxford Council that started it. Yeah. And Oxford, of course, wants to ban, I think it's all vehicles mm. from the city centre. So, how they're going to get anything in Aye. there, I don't Rickshaws. know. But that's a really that's a really weird one. That's like wanting to track people all the time yeah. and basically restrict you from using your car on certain days. And also, is it restricting you where you can go Yeah, you as can't well? go into other zones at City. You can only go in so many times a year. So if you've got relatives that live in Zone A and you live in Zone C, you can only go see them. It's, and, and, and this is going to help the weather how? It's not. It's bollocks. It's, about, <laughs> it's all part of the bigger... Oh, you know, oh, I'm starting to sound like Tin Hat Man again, you know, Tin Foil Hat Man, but you just can't make this stuff up and... Um, well, I mean, because it knocks on, because it affects everything. It affects road transport. It affects lorries and everything. There's all, there's low emission zones trying to be proposed everywhere. There's like villages in Derbyshire now wanting a low emission zone because they're hacked off because they say like, like dirty, smelly, polluting lorries are coming through the village. Yeah. And it's like all oh, those dirty, smelly, polluting Euro Six lorries. Is yeah. it? I'd like to go and see their actual scientific research. Yeah. And in Derbyshire, especially. That. In Peak District, those dirty, smelly Euro Six lorries that are keeping all your husbands and sons yeah, in a job in in <laughs> jobs working up at you know Dovels at Quarry and the rest of it. Yeah, fine. Well, you know, you know, if Tilcon and the rest of them say right, fair enough, then we'll close quarrying down. What are you going to do in Peak District apart from sell? tea towels to tourists it's a bizarre one it's going to oh. it's rolling out everywhere it's interesting to see that there's a there is a fair bit of pushback for, from it as well yeah. because it's like you say it's not about the environment i'm like you know yes by all means plant trees keep the trees that we've got oh. there save, save the bees grow food sustainably source it locally instead of flying it all the way around the yeah. planet but you know on the other hand people need to be able to heat their homes Oh. And we have resources to go and be able to do that, and we're not using them. It's really, cute, really weird what's going on in the world. Yeah, there. it's a, it's, a, it's I mean, not a good Scotland's time to be alive, having, is it? Uh, yeah, I mean, in Scotland, we've got uh, uh, there's a Scottish Parliament which basically gave us hundreds more politicians, which are useless. And the SNP couldn't form a majority government, so they went into a coalition with the Green Party, who are basically the gardening wing of the SNP, right. and and they don't want any more road building infrastructure done in Scotland whatsoever. They want a complete stop to it because of the environment. And I would have thought it would have been better for the environment and the economy if traffic can move freely instead of being like 
chalked up and sitting there yeah. idling and, and stuff like that. It obviously makes sense. But they've come and they said now, I don't know if I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but they've said now that they're not going to finish the A9 dual carriageway project. They're basically, and Wales has cancelled all infrastructure projects. And it's, uh, it's incredibly frustrating because the A75 needs attention uh, yeah. with all the lorries coming in on the ferry from mm. Ireland. The A9 needs attention. And if you go back to about 2015, we had the Aberdeen Bypass on the go. We had the Queen's Ferry Crossing on the go, which is built with terrible Chinese steel and is going to have a lot of problems in the future. You can take that from somebody who was... Uh, I know somebody who was welding that bridge and it was really hard to work on because the metal was so poor. Mm. So that's a ticking time bomb. That's a uh, also had, Well, we had the M8 extension happening as well. So we had all these major infrastructure projects improving things in Scotland because you've got, I mean the M8 is only two lanes from Edinburgh to Glasgow and it should have been three lanes many oh. many years ago it's not fit for purpose the M8 eastbound on a morning is is off its tits it's completely off its tits and queue from shots right to when I come off for Bathgate and it, it carries on beyond that I mean I went into I went into Whitburn the other morning tipped at Builders Merchants Build Base and then I, I had to go down to Peebles or thereabouts Penny Quick or somewhere, so or Pen Quick or whatever you call it. Um, Penny Cook. I'll do. So I went obviously to end and uh, jumped on to seven o two from leaving Whitburn to get in to top at seven o two and calling for a Costa at that first garage just as you get south. It took me an hour and fifty. Oh no! Oh no! I could have divert. I could have given you a diversion round that, which is. It's a bizarre diversion, and you wouldn't think it would work, but yeah. because of the traffic so bad in the morning, if I'm running... A year ago, I was in the tippers for Archie Johnston working yeah. at the Cow's Lynn Quarry, which is out the back of Pennycook, and you were in for six o'clock in the morning, and you had to be out the yard for about ten past six to get down yeah. to that roundabout at the end of the M8, or the traffic would build up. Uh-huh. And the thing is, I mean, they've, they've built so many housing estates that basically 100% require people to commute to work because they can't afford to live in Edinburgh because it's so expensive. So there's so many people that travel through from the west and travel across from Dunfermline over the uh-huh. bridge every day because it's the only way to do it affordably. Uh-huh. And if they, if they actually really cared about reducing... They would be looking at um, making more housing available and sort of building more sort of nice quality flats, I reckon. That's the only way to kind of do it, to get more people starter homes and things. I don't know. But the road network's not suitable for purpose anyway. No, it's terrible. And you're, not, you're, not, you're, you're not going to see anything coming out of that from the Scottish government because they're completely hamstrung by the fact that they're in with the Greens who nobody voted for. They all got in off this bizarre list system mm-hmm. uh, whereby it's like alternative votes. So even like sometimes you can be the fourth least popular and you can still get, you know, a vote. It's, biz- it's bizarre, but of course we don't know what's happening because dear leader resigned the other week anyway. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stuff brewing with that as well. There's she not been arrested for anything yet then? No, she will not get arrested. Police Scotland had to ask for permission to go and investigate the missing six hundred thousand pounds. It's like, since when do the police have to ask it, ask permission to investigate uh-huh. something? No, I think she's definitely jumped, bef- uh, jumping before a lot of stuff starts crashing down. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot of you know. It's the, there's the highest drug rate, uh, drug deaths in Scotland, lowest life expectancy, highest unemployment and everything. But you know, Indy Ref too, you know, that's that's the important that's the important yeah. thing right now. 
It was quite heartening to see a lot of hardcore SNP supporters getting really hacked off with them as well, because yeah. it's kind of coming, it's kind of coming home to home to roost now that they're just completely, they're just completely useless. A lot of them, and the problem you've got is the polit. This if you think the politicians in Westminster are poor, all the ones in the regional assemblies in Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland, these are like, you know, these are like happy shopper politicians yeah these are like the lowest budget versions you could get mm. and it's just a really kind of poor bunch a lot of the time and since when does the world need more politicians i reckon they should just shut the bloody lot of it down as far as i'm concerned but we could have it like a monty python spec we could have an autonomous collective where we take turns to be boss Oh, that yeah, that 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 would be good you know yeah we could have <laughs> like a... remember, probably, i remember that that wasn't the holy grail wasn't yeah. it Great, uh, I dressed up as a. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Who is your king? Just yeah. Nobody. Uh, you you're not my king. Uh. I am your king. <laughs> well, I didn't vote for you. You don't vote for kings. Well, do you get that gig then? And, uh, <laughs> and he goes off on one about. It was the yeah, watery tarts the distributing swords. <laughs> yeah, the, the lady of the lake held forth Excalibur from the water, and it's, just, it's hardly a system for democratic government, is it? Some. Uh, I'll have to watch that again. <laughs> Some watery bin lobbing scimitars at you. Mm. <laughs> Never see the violence inherent in the system. Ah, help, help. I'm being repressed. Mm. Well, they've tried. John Cleese isn't very popular these days with that lot either. He's been kicking off about a lot of the kind of weird stuff that goes on as well. I see as well. So yeah, he's brilliant. Fair play to him. Fair play to him, like. Uh... I don't, I don't like going Twitter a lot, but anytime I go on it, it's just like a total garbage fire. Yeah. Anything that's going on there, it's just people like people massively arguing. I have it's a Twitter crazy. account, I believe, but I probably I've not haven't tweeted a damn thing. If you want it, I mean, a case when when stuff's kicked off like big time, trucking drivers been really useful for it. I've kind of mm. abandoned it a bit recently, but yeah, there's a, if you want to engage with people in the industry and things, it's it's a lot better than Facebook for stuff like yeah. that. But yeah, it's just I mean, since Elon Musk's taken it over, it's improved a lot as well because they were they were repressing and shadow banning so many people yeah. for just having. Um, any view that didn't, any view that didn't seem to line up with the Democratic Party of the United States is so like weird. the David Brown Tractor Club Committee at the minute. They just um, ban everybody that has uh, thick eyebrows or um, has ever touched a, a Leyland tractor. There's all kinds of stuff going on, as uh, my good friend James Firth can uh, confirm. <laughs> He's been mysteriously, quietly banned from the David Brown Tractor Club uh, Facebook page. Don't know why. Yeah, or the the controversy but, that'd make a good reality TV show, wouldn't it? Yeah. The David Brown Tractor Club. Yeah, the ins and outs of the David Brown Tractor Club committee in the dark rooms of power. Uh, anyway, um, I've been banned for three years for some reason, but anyway, I'm I'm probably managing to sleep. Let them get on with it, and it'll be the same, I'm sure, at every club and every association across this great land. People who were. Uh, Serial committee joiners always seem to turn out like council planning officers. Uh, oh, Some summit in the DNA uh, that attracts them to this. No, I'll tell, yeah, I'll tell you what, it's a, to, speaking of committees and things and local people drunk on power and things, I got, I got fined 65 quid last week for um, uh, driving into a yellow box in Sutton when I was there for work. 
Uh, and what I basically got fined for was I stopped momentarily and let somebody turn right because the traffic slowed in front of me yeah. due to somebody parking a car illegally in the two lanes. So the car stopped, so the traffic had to funnel. So as, as I'd entered the yellow box, it began to slow, but we are still getting through. When I entered the box, it was green. When I left the box, it was green, and at no point did I obstruct any traffic. 65 quid fine. I had it on dash cam as well as their own footage. They wrote back and said, no, no, we've looked at it, and you absolutely are guilty of this. Give us £65. And I'm thinking, you absolute hateful swines. I think it, you know I think I'll go and write to them again with more footage showing the car pulled in at the side with its hazard lights on, which they're like you should not have entered the yellow box if you know you can clear it. And I'm like, all right, this isn't London and rush hour, so basically I should have just sat at the front of the yellow box on the green light yeah. until everything was completely clear in front of me, and then people behind me would have been blaring their horn. Well, you and should buy a bucket of baby wipes and make sure that you've always got baby wipes stuck to your number plates whenever you go into London. Probably, I heard. Oh, you, well, you, you see all these Volkswagens and Audis going about that are so dirty you can't see the number plate in the back of it because oh, they shit. seem to be especially prone to it. It's like, uh, so I'm, I'm wondering, should I go and I'm going to I'm going to write back to them because they were quite patronising in their yeah. tone as well. Eh? Really, I was like, oh yeah, smart arse. Eh? So I'm going to write back to them again because I'm like, well, I go to Sutton regularly. I'm like, all right, uh-huh. do you want to take it to do you want to take it to Courtland because Just- I'm like. Just annoy them, you know. Just, just ask them take for names yeah. and say, yeah. when you appear in Truck and Driver magazine and on the podcast next week, I don't want to get your, uh, I don't want to get your name wrong. I want to spell it right because um, I'm going to be running with this next week. You bunch of bent, uh, corrupt. I was, bastards. I watched the video and I was like, I was like, where's my car? And I was looking for it and I was, oh, they, I had to watch it twice because I was like, oh, that was my car there. Oh. And it's because it stopped for a matter of a few seconds to let somebody turn right because the traffic slowed in front of me. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'll be all right here. If I'd crawled right the way through it from start to finish at walking pace, that would have been all right, presumably. Beautiful. And I'm like, it just, it's just hate. London is a hateful place oh, to go. It really, it really is. Like, it's awful. Unless I'm getting uh, paid, I'd, I'd never go to London. I would never willingly take my Yorkshire shekels down there to spend... Uh, I'll, I'll, okay. I'll go to Whitby first, or I'll go and, uh, and wander around first on a Saturday. Uh, I'm not spending yeah. a penny of my northern dosh in London. They can kiss my sack, as far as I'm concerned. And if I had my way, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't deliver into London. I wouldn't have anything to do with it. If they want it, we'll leave it inside at Slip Road at Junction 27. Then come and get it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've interviewed a couple of hauliers this week for the magazine for features coming up, and they're like, "Nah, we don't go to London." One of them was saying, "I think one of them goes, we don't go any further south in Birmingham. They go to Shropshire, but you know yeah. they don't go any sort of further yeah. southeast of Birmingham." Good lads. Because it's, I was like, I was like, you don't want to, you know, the further south you go with that, the worse it gets with the traffic and the regulations and everything. And the other one's like, no, we don't go to London, we're not interested in it, we just knock it back. I don't think any good comes of going south of Wakefield, to be honest, but... uh. I'm I'm, I'm dubious of Carlisle. (laughs) Well, you want to be dubious of Carlisle. Carlisle's a cool place. Anywhere that's near a border. I like like Carlisle. When I was last in... The curious thing is that you cannot buy banana yoghurts in Scotland. You know, we've mentioned this before in the podcast, I'm sure those... um, 
Yeah, well, though, well, because I go into the O'Morrison's in Penrith sometimes on my way home, and I go and buy like a dozen of these banana yogurts because I like them. And I was in there, and I said, oh, that's You're unusual. But on you, a, you, you'll be on a register somewhere now. You, you'll be on yeah, there. Probably, but the, the woman on the, on the till said, uh, oh, that's unusual. She says, we got an awful lot of Scottish people in here buying loads of booze because drink is cheaper in England than it is in Scotland because you get all the multi-buy deals. Mm. So, I mean, that's Penrith. That's not even Carlisle. So yeah. obviously there's loads of people going over the border to go and take advantage of cheaper alcohol prices. I don't really drink that much anymore. I should think to take advantage of that really and go and stock up. You'll get pulled up on 74, but surrounded by plain black Audis with blue lights and grills and they uh, put your face down on grass and there you are with three crates of banana yogurts. <laughs> Scania, how's, how's trucking, how's life on the road going? This Chateau is a trucking Scania. driver podcast, um, yeah. I've been in Chateau Scania all week and it's Wednesday night. Um, yeah, we're busy. Lettuce today, steel and mezzanine floor yesterday. Um, oh, just, just just chaos. Um, the Scania, I want to make a confession now, you know, from an OCD maintenance point of view. Whitford and I was pathetic. I was poor. You know, if it rained, I'd change oil. Um, it's one of those. With this, oh, it's long drop oil. You have to change this stuff. <laughs> anyway, um, I dipped the oil of the day, which, uh, you know, is uh, is a good thing. And there wasn't any in. Hmm. So I uh, I put about nine litres in before it, uh, it, it cheered up. So I think it's safe to say then that... I, I need to embrace the concept that maybe Euro 6 engines like to burn a bit of oil. Because I've since I've discovered I've got no oil, I've spoken to other uh, victims of the Euro 6 curse. Oh, I either use oil, the Euro 6, lad, I, I, I. Well, you see, I've nobody to talk to about this stuff. You know, when I got me uh, Foden, I got Jim Lyons, Lord Jim of Lyons, who used to say, Ah, they want a top set doing lad city. Then I and he'd come and do top set and I'd change oil every six weeks. It just worked wonderfully. But you know, since I got this, oh, it's long drop. Is this forget that? Anyway, I've now spoken to a lad in Leeds, uh, Jake's truck place at Leeds, well, South Milford at Leeds. He's like a local uh, Scania independent specialist who who does answer his phone. So I spoke to him and I said, "What would you recommend for oil change intervals on this S five hundred?" He went thirty thousand. I'm like. Oh, I went, why? Nothing, nothing at all. No, it's fine. Hmm. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, so it, it, it would appear that you ignore what Scania tell you and you do what he tells you because he's got pallets in the yard and they've got knackered 450 and 500 engines on that have got at main bearings gone at bottom at rumbling like volcanoes. I mean, that's, it, been, that's been a thing for a long time with manufacturers wanting to extend oil service uh, intervals. And that all comes down to stuff like R&M contracts and yeah, exactly. you know, fleet, yeah. ma- fleet maintenance and things. So yeah. they can say, your truck is only going to need, you know, this amount of oil changes because it's got this special oil in it. But, you know, oil oil is the cheapest form of maintenance. Yeah, um, yeah oil's and, cheap, and white cannot, metal's expensive on a... Yeah, uh, you know uh, that that's been something on the go for a long time. So, mm. what's the uh, what oil, what oil goes in that then? Because for a many, many, many years, every truck just took fifteen forty. No, is like this is fully synthetic syrup. LD oh, yeah, something like, or other. Yeah. It's uh, I've low, just bought low ash, low. It's low everything whatever. apart from price. I said I bought twenty liters. 
last Friday to put nine litres in this, and it cost me 107 quid plus VAT for 20 litres. Well, so. Everything. I mean, the price of everything's through the bloody roof. I've yes. been trying to buy. I've been trying to buy car tires this week. Well, I did buy car, car tires this week, but the price of stuff, anything brand name like Uniroyal Rain Sports, mm. through the roof. Ever, it's like they've almost doubled in price from like last year. So I can only imagine what it's like buying truck tires and of course it's bad enough when you're buying oil when you're buying it in um, five litres or ten yeah. litres at a time but when you're buying hundreds of litres of this stuff it's just everything's and it's nice to know that it'll burn it as well it will burn it the bastard it won't just mm, leave it in somewhere it belongs it'll you know it'll burn it yeah, it's like well, it, you know well just be thankful your sump's not full of diesel fuel you know it can mm. be nice mm. well I've got a nice Suzu D-Max that's somewhat I'm used to Mm. <laughs> um, my mid-lift tyres were shagged uh, they were shagged plus anyway the cost including VAT 870 quid for two mid-lift 315s now that is insane two years ago I could have put 315s on at 270 quid a piece so there we are I was I was going to put supers on on mid-lift just from an aesthetics point of view so I could walk you know, walk back towards it across car parks and go, hmm, nice. But it was going to cost me 18 and a half hundred quid to put two supers on the middle, so I thought, do you know what? Holy shit. I'll just look somewhere else when I'm walking across car park, like at the floor or at the poor bastard who was in a Stralis or, you know, something like that. No, um, rubber, obviously, being uh, derived from oil is stupidly expensive. But as crude oil falls through the floor, rubber, oddly, doesn't. Hmm, yeah, pretty, and, the price of fuel should be a whole lot lower than it is. They're keeping it at this level because people have got softened it now. Somebody said the other day, oh, fuel's down to 140 a litre for petrol. Isn't that great? And I'm like, no, no it's fuck. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Diesel was like, what, what is it, 160-something at the pump price? Could be. I don't if know. Buy, obviously it's, My yeah, diesel this week price, is 119.4. Yeah. I've blue should be coming down but it's not because fertilizer last year 34.5 percent nitrogen straights were 1200 quid a ton people are forward ordering now for delivery in march you know last week to delivery in march and on some of the farming forums have been getting quotes at 460 480 so that's dropped 800 quid a ton so as a consequence of that obviously fertilizer production has gone up because government have subsidise some fertiliser companies to open up factories again. So, AdBlue, as you're probably aware, or definitely aware, is a byproduct of fertiliser production, not pig piss, as I'm sick of people going, well, AdBlue is only pig piss, isn't it? No, it's not. It's not. It's got urea in it, and so is pig piss, but it's not. Chaps, it really isn't. It's a byproduct yeah, I mean, of fertiliser. Please, so, please explain to me how you how you how you harvest the pig piss. I can draw Where you a diagram you... of my machine that I've invented to milk pigs of their piss for AdBlue, but um, I can't do that. Please do. I'll pu- I will publish that in Truck and Well, I'm, I'm, I'm editor at large now, so I don't have uh, the full remit to do it, but please do, and I will publish it in Truck and Drive. Well, I'll do it on my extra <laughs> sketch when I get home on Friday night, and then I'll scan it and I'll send it to you so you can have that. That's it's like that, that's like that's like Gilbert Gilbert Ratchet from the visitors of my my pig my pig my pig pissomatic. Yeah, yeah. Come round and view this. I've I've just invented this. It's my pig piss milking machine. Anyway, so 
because fertiliser had dropped through the floor, you would think that Abloo would be like, da, 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 it's back to 18 pence a litre. Nobody, last week when I posted on Facebook, what is your current Abloo price? Nobody answered me. Nobody. Um, the last lot I bought, I think, was 70 pence a litre, and I've got about 400 litres left. So I'll be looking in the next couple of weeks to see who's playing ball and who's playing naughty. Um, I'm expecting it should be back down around 50, but I bet it's bloody not, you know. The whole concept of Abloo, it just leaves me cold. I mean, you know, I'm a late, I'm a late arrival at this particular um, dinner party, aren't I, with this uh, Euro 6 Abloo swilling nonsense? No, well, I, I'm dubious. I know a guy who had a, um, a Volvo FH that went in to have its Abloo pump fixed at the main dealer and they didn't fix it and then sent it through for its MOT yeah. and it passed the emissions test. Mm. It came back out and that blue pump's not working on it. It's yep. like, how did it pass the emissions test? It shouldn't have been possible, but it did. Well, look at Goethe. <laughs> it's like... It's like, but if you get caught with that ad blue pump not working, oh, you know, you're in for you're in for big trouble. But it was like that was quite controversial at the time. It's yeah. like, well, how? Because he was like really annoyed that they hadn't done the ad blue pump, but he was also equally confused that it had gone through the emissions because yeah. it's it's stupid. We've all we've mentioned it before. The old uh, the old DRFs with the M11 and it, the old Cummins M11s, mm. the ECs, they they can hit high Euro five, almost Euro six levels. Of efficiency. Goethe particulate pass rate, 1.5 mm-hmm. parts per million to pass. She went through at 0.41 on her last MOT during lockdown before I uh, sold her. So you're telling me that that isn't acceptable to go into bloody London? Well, apparently not. No. I kind of had this discussion again the other night on Thursday night yeah, and I got pulled yeah. at Todd Hills by our mates in the galaxies. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 40 minutes into the podcast. Come on. And now we've got some really real truck related juice. Come on. Well, you know, I may or may not have come across A66, and I may or may not have gone downhill from uh, Staymore into Bruff quite quickly. Who knows? Anyway, um, jumped onto. M6 at Penrith in a in an optimistic manner. I got fertilizer on bottom and um, racking on top. It was a proper you know sort of Irish spec load. <laughs> anyway, you can imagine my deep joy came when I went past 44 and I saw him in headlights. I thought, oh look, and I looked at mirrors. wasn't a bloody thing on M6 there. Not a thing. Just me. I thought, well, he'll not pull me because I'm on green and I'm I'm of no interest. Well, he did. He pulled out. I thought, you're joking, aren't you? Anyway, he came round me and took me into Todd Hills, and then um, I've already been pulled. Um, that'll be the third time in 20, 21 years, perhaps. Yeah, anyway, he took me in, and it was like good cop, bad cop. He was a, like a grumpy little taggart lookalike, and he got grot down his, you know, down his jacket. So he obviously does you know, the underneath stuff. And there's a woman there called Elizabeth, and she, I think she was Scottish. I don't know. You know, if you're listening, Elizabeth, I'm sorry if you're not, but I think you were Scottish. She was like good cop, and he was bad cop, and it was like um, he didn't want to talk. He just didn't want to be friends at all. And I thought, well, I've got nothing to hide, so you know, whatever. Uh, as I removed the bull arms from the dashboard and threw them on bed, but yeah. Um, so they took me into a big pestering shed that they've got at Todd Hills. I thought, oh, this is getting a bit impressive. 
are we going to get a full brake test here or not? But no. Pulled me up at pit. I said, what are you carrying? I said, fertiliser on bottom, racking on top, and his eyes lit up as if they said, jackpot. And he says, is it strapped? I went, oh, hell, it's strapped. I accept, you know, I am a, I am a, a bit of an S&M pervert when it comes to loads. Oh, yeah. So I you opened up and uh, mm-hmm. all, you know, all bottom pallets were strapped individually and racking on top on boards and divider pallets and that were all strapped. And, you know, oh, he'd like, be devastated. Yeah. He didn't look impressed. I thought he'd be like, oh, you're a good lad. He'd have a biscuit. But no, it was just like, all oh, right. And then he went underneath and he... Uh, he did whatever he did underneath. He didn't ask me to do any brakes on off any of that because he probably put chassis number at trailer into his little device and it'll have popped up that it was tested on Monday before because it was. So that pissed on his chips. And then Mrs. Doubtfire, as we'll call her, because that's what she was like, passed me a little dongle contraption and says, can you plug that into your taco? I says, nope, there's no hole for it. And she looked at me like I had gone out and I said, what? She says, you have to take your paper drawer out. I'm like, well, I don't bloody clue how to get that out. She says, well, how do you put paper in? I said, I don't do printouts. Thus, I don't ever have to change it. She's like, what? I says, look, I've only had a bloody digital taco since last year, maybe. What? Mm. Says, well, why, why, do you need, why would you need to do printouts necessarily? Yeah, exactly. So, she says, well, you push it at the bottom and it'll come out. So I pulled it out. She's like, there should be a plug for this on left hand side I says I can only just see that that's a taco I can't see what's inside it she's like what I can't see I can't read I've, I've got to wear embarrassing glasses now so I put my granddad glasses on I've got my head torch and thought fucking hell this is terrible if anybody's videoing this I'm finished so anyway I stuck it in it downloaded she put her card in she won't get in she passed me her card so I put her card in and I stuck a little dongle in or whatever she called it and uh, she sucked all my information out. I thought, this could be interesting. Yeah. Anyway, she trotted off, and then um, Gollum came out from under and says, can you pull outside onto the parking bit, please? I'm, okay. so I went and sat out there for 10 minutes watching somebody change a tyre. I thought, well, am I supposed to just sit here forever, or do I go and bang on the door or what? So I went and knocked on the door. Says, Should I be out there or in here? She can come in here if you want. So I went in and she's doing whatever she's doing with the computer. And I just tried to talk to him, you know, matey boy, and say, you know. And it, it just shut me down. No, whatever. Yeah, maybe. Raining, Thursday. Chips and peas, blah, blah, blah. I thought, oh, fucking hell. All right. She was all right. You know, like I said, she was fine. And as soon as she'd done, she just hands me a piece of paper with nothing written on it. I'm like, oh, thanks. I went, and? She went, oh, everything's fine. You're good to go. I thought, oh, all right. Mm. <laughs> okay, okay. So then, you know, he knew that it got not to be uh, antagonistic about, so we could have a natter about stuff. Still didn't want to talk. I thought, well, bollocks to you then. I'll not talk. So, oh, but, that, but that's good anyway, because you've you've now, that stop now goes against your records yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. which means yeah. that you know that you'll be less likely to be stopped in the future. Well, I would have spot check it. You know, I said, uh, you know, if OCRS is green, what am I doing here? He says, oh, just a spot check. I went, all right, fair enough. I think, basically, we're just sitting at the end of the slip road at Carlisle, bored out of his tits because nothing was yeah, going nothing past. Had, and he thought, past, oh, 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 he's got some amber lights on grill. He must be a tang. Let's have him or whatever. So he pulled me in. He probably, you know, once he got me into light and he said, I want a V8, probably like, oh, it's only a plastic pretend tang. Oh. Anyway. 
Curious old girl. I, I just leaned forward and grabbed bull arms and just pulled them off the dashboard and threw them on bed and thought. Mm. But no, it's good, you know. I think it was strapping they were more into than we were just tachographing strapping. I, I sort of get the feeling that they're having a bit of a thing about load security at the minute. It seems to be. Yeah. It seems I to be the current cash cow, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, the, th- the thing is with load security as well, though, like a lot of loads in that bike, you know, a lot of these palletized loads that are secured with internal straps, yeah. the internal straps are doing pretty much nothing anyway, and it's only a matter of time before some poor, poor sod has got a trolley, uh, a trailer full of polystyrene, which isn't strapped, you know, gets yeah. pulled up, even though it's like it's unstrappable or something, you know. Yeah. That'll happen time again when, by rights, they should just use common sense and go, yeah, okay, mm. on you go, it's polystyrene, nothing's going to happen if you roll this truck 20 times nothing's going to happen yeah but you know some, someday will get done for it again at some at some point some point yeah that's um, what soon. i've got but tonight. i don't know it's um is there a lot of trucks going over on their sides because the loads aren't correctly strapped about what's going on i mean i don't know if you've if you've noticed it this year anytime i've been anywhere and i know it's been in the car racking up business mileage i've been mr um Retmobile, but everywhere i've bloody went there's a crash you can't get anywhere. And I was coming home yeah. to do this podcast tonight. I couldn't get Junction 4A, uh, Whitburn, uh, Blackburn. I couldn't get onto the M8 because there was a crash. And everywhere I'd be, crashes in the M25, crashes in the M6, crash in the M40, crash in the M42. Mm-hmm. It's just everywhere. And it's like the driving standards are just... I think it's down to the new cars. People have got these gigantic screens and that much automation yeah. and everything. They're just not paying attention to what they're doing. The driving standards are just through the floor and nothing's getting done about it it's just uh, yeah there were five tonight when i was coming down there were five northbound at 29 at chesterfield and they're all shitted each other you know and surprise surprise i saw at least two audis in that pile funny that isn't it there's always an audi involved somewhere yeah, I don't was. like to stereotype about things because I, I like when you hear people going on, ha ha, BMW doesn't use indicators, those kind of jokes and everything. Oh, yeah, but it's right. It, it, but it's right. There's a real stereotype yeah. around those big German cars. There's uh, a certain you know. sort of middle manager, isn't there, that seems to want an Audi? You know, that's all he aspires to when he's at school. Is you know, one day I'll be in charge of biro allocation at my company, and I will get an Audi, and I have, and I've got my big screen. And I was looking at my big screen and touching it when I ran up the back of fucking three transit vans and a and a Porsche. You know, there was a big Audi smashed up back, and they'd all done you know classic fast lid job, bumper, boot lid, next bumper boot lid. You know, the guy at the back, bumper, and and then what did they do? They all stop in fast lid and get out and start. I know, stop and get out and start arguing. It's like get off the bloody carriageway. Four lanes. At tea time, it rained, it's getting dark. I would love to get out in fast lane and have an argument with the twat in an Audi. They're fantastic. I'd, I'd probably like to do it, really, if I got choice, we'd do it on hard shoulders. So then when I hit him, it'd fall into grass, not into the third lane. Anyway, there they all were rowing, and they were all blue light brigade trying to get through all queue to get to them and say, look, dickheads, let's do this on hard shoulder. But I was southbound for once, you know, good opposite way, because I've got some, you know, some reputation at the minute, apparently, at Holtz has been. Being like a horse whisperer, well, I'm the traffic jam whisperer. What well, you know, if I set off at six o'clock, I'll land in two and a half hours of shit on 42. But the lad who set off at five to six will be in Bristol. It's just how it goes. <laughs> Wherever I go, 
catastrophe follows. Um, Blair Roebuck, you know, the man from Harrogate that we went, uh, he, um, he used to have me down in his phone as Roos Troos, got some particularly horrible red trousers, you know, red jeans, Tally her spec. And then he changed me to Albert Ross. I'm like, what's that mean? He goes, because you, my son, have got your own personal albatross. Wherever you go, you've got bad luck. <laughs> it's like, you know, ancient mariner. Anyway, he's got a point, because I'm starting to believe I have, you know. That's why I didn't want to go on holiday, because I didn't want to get on that plane, because I would, I'm the bugger that Alanis Morissette was singing about. I thought it's going to end in a fireball. Is this anyway? We got there and got back, didn't we? Too? That's right enough. You went. You, you've been on your you've been on your holiday that you were talking about in the previous podcast. That yeah, was Victor- that Ventura. Yeah, Victorian dad finally took his poor children uh, somewhere. God, there's a lot of there's a lot of Viz references yeah. in this podcast. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, so how was it? It was uh, pleasant, really. I mean, I'm not a shareholder of Jet Two, and I've. Um, I'm not going to get a free jumper, but Jet 2, if you're going to go, go with them, because I've heard some right tales about Ryanair, but anyway, Jet 2, lovely. They obviously spotted that I was an idiot, and I'd not been abroad before with the family, and they were like, okay, come on, put your bags there, we'll sort it out, and have you got this, and have you got that? I'm like, yeah, nope. Brilliant. They managed to get us from uh, car park to plane, and feed us and get us off at the other end and get us to a hotel without me having a brain hemorrhage. And then seven days hence, they came and picked me up and back to the airport and put me on another plane, which then managed to land at East Midlands without bursting into flames. And we got back to the car and it was still where I left it and we were home for one in the morning. Marvellous. Well, happy days. Yeah, it was kind of... Well, I thought it was bloody hot, but apparently, you know, the locals said... Oh, we don't normally get this kind of cloudy, rainy stuff at this time of year. I thought, if you're complaining that this is bad weather, you want to come to home for, trust me. No, it was marvellous. It was about 22 degrees. It was great. And for once, I didn't think about work or anything. I just went and kids, you know, dived in a really cold pool and did kid things and they were happy. And I just sat there and watched. I thought, I could get used to this. And the food was marvellous. Yeah. A bit fiddly for my liking, perhaps. There was a lot of things with faces on, but um, it was good. No, it was good. Really good. Yeah, the hotel looked like it had, had a bit of a bad time through lockdown. Like they'd maybe not, you know, they'd maybe not kept up to it when it was shut for a year, but it, it was supposed to be a four star, but it, it wasn't. I mean, it really wasn't. It got, you know, marble floors and the rest of it, but it just looked like sort of faded glory, like a. A Maserati mm. that somebody had, had in a barn for a few years and they got it out and washed it, but you just knew it, it just won't, you know. It, yeah, but it was grand. Um, I'll do it again, I suppose. But I am, uh, mm. I'm just stunned how expensive it is taking, you know, kids abroad and how, uh, how people can afford to do it. I just, I'm baffled. <laughs> it was epically ah, expensive. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. I'm going to Porto for a. Uh, Four, three, four days at the end of without um, kids. I see that's March. the way to go. Without though. kids, yeah, that's yeah, without kids. I, yeah. I took it good. Anyway, we need to round this one off. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope the rest of your week goes well on the lettuce and so on and so forth. Uh, and the Scania keeps running well, and I shall uh, catch up with you again very soon. I'm going to put some fuel filters on it this weekend and go wild. 
No, how exciting. Yeah, no. Probably tell you not to change them either. You probably should. Well, apparently on these, fuel economy drops off if your filters haven't been changed because your ECU yep. thinks it wants more diesel because it's mm-hmm. having to suck through mucky filters. So ECU thinks, I, I need more. And it says to pump, send me some more. So pump sends some more up. Mm-hmm. Then it gets its first bit that it wanted originally that it thinks it's not getting. Then it gets its second lot and it burns more. Now, it's the first thing I've ever heard of that burns more fuel because it wants a filter. But anyway, we'll see because uh, it's a bit crap on diesel at the minute. So we'll see. Won't we? And if not, I'll be off to Dan Jones's for a, a bit of a touching down in uh, in Devon or Somerset, whatever it is. But I'm going to put some filters on this weekend and I will let you know if. It leaps back up to nine and a half, ten. Good, good stuff. I hope it will. Right, sound. I shall catch you again soon. Take care. Right then, and uh, tonight's bottle is Jam Shed Shiraz Australian. So um, tonight's podcast was brought to you by Jam Shed Shiraz. There you go. Is that for sponsorship? Right. Hey, thank Sh- you very much. Shalom. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month.